If you're always on the go like myself and don't have time to sit down and read, Audible.com is a great source to be able to catch up on the latest bestsellers. Listen to it while on the road or at the gym. Audible.com is a leading provider of premium digital audio information and entertainment on the internet. Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Audible carries Audible books in every genre imaginable business, classics, history, self development, just to name a few. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30 day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash replay and choose from over 180,000 audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Currently, I am listening to the classic One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, Black Fish, Blue Fish, Old Fish, New Fish. Okay, that's、This、genius. Go to audible.com slash replay. That's audible.com slash replay and get started today. This is the interview I really, really wanted to do. This is the one interview for、uh, this conference that I thought was super important for all kinds of reasons.、Um, Recode made a big commitment to cover、uh, Ellen's trial,、um, but we also wanted to bring her here to talk about her job at Reddit and other issues. So without further ado, Ellen Powell. An unusual music to play on with you. It's kind of tropical. Yeah. Tropical.、Um, so, there's so many things I want to ask you.、Um, first, I think and foremost, and we talked about this a little bit. Do you regret doing this? Not at all. It was something that I had thought about deeply beforehand.、Mm-hmm. And once,、um, you know, it was harder than I thought it would be, but、mm-hmm. I'd been warned it'd be really hard. And afterwards, when There was so much response to it, and during there was some response, but afterwards there was so much response. I connected with so many people, and they felt a connection to the story that I told, and that was important to me to give people this、um, this outlet to see like this is the worst thing that can happen to you, and you can come out of it, and it's fine.、Mm-hmm. And when you when when you say doing it, I mean I don't think many people want to become iconic in in ways that are controversial. You know that this is you're a symbol of something. Do you imagine you've become a symbol? Of something, and what is it? If you if you say what I mean, yeah, getting you lost. But what is the symbol that you were that you were hoping to have happen, and what do you think you represent now? I didn't plan on becoming a symbol. It was more I wanted to just tell my story, share my experience, and、um, let people know what had happened to me and see what、um, the outcome was. It didn't come out the way I wanted it to, but it ended up that. I became a symbol for different things, and the symbol that I focus on is just this person who told her story and allowed other people to feel more comfortable telling their stories. And during the trial, I mean, it was one of the things that I thought was interesting is trying. You were sort of at the center of it. Are you the perfect victim, or are you difficult, or are you problematic? Are you likable? That was sort of a fascinating thing for women.、Um, a lot of I'm not likable at all. Um, I, like just, I know you do. I don't、well, know why. I know you're not like not likable people don't like each other, or like each other actually、yeah. oppositely like each other. Birds of a feather. Birds of a feather.、Um, talk a little bit about that. Like, what did you become? Sort of a cartoon figure. You can insult our coverage as much as you want as anything else. But what do you, what did you think happened to you as a person? Because you're a person who's living, breeding, have a kid, married, 
what happened to you in that way? What did you think got, people got wrong about you? It was just so hard to really tell my story. And the courtroom isn't the best place to do it. I'm not able to talk about it outside the courtroom. So it's a very complex issue. People come with, to it with a lot of baggage. I think there are a lot of people who feel a super strong connection to me because they had similar experiences. They don't really know me, but they feel a connection because we've had the same experience. And there are people who don't like me because of what I represent. It's mm -hmm. this, this idea that the world is not a meritocracy and that there's unfairness and it's very uncomfortable for some people. Well, is it possible that it's unfair and maybe you didn't do your job very well? Is that a lot possible? Of things are possible, yes. Right. Um, I think I did a great job. I stand by that. But there are a lot of people who think I didn't and you know, they're free to have their opinion. Now, when you think about, we're gonna get to the issue, bigger issue of diversity in Silicon Valley, but are you gonna appeal this? People are waiting to find out. If, what, when do you have to appeal? What is the time frame? I believe I have until June 8th to file a notice of appeal. Mm -hmm. um, and we are uh, discussing it with my legal team, and I'm not really free to discuss it right now. Okay, I got that. But what would be the considerations? Why would you do this? I can't really talk about it. Okay. Um, when you think about the trial, um, and you can't talk about the particulars because you were in the appeal, um, a lot was brought up about uh, the unfairness of women, the likability of women, things like that. What do you think the most um, resonant part, because it was fascinating to me to see the difference between men and women's reaction, and there really was, and the difficulty of people to talk about difficult issues around this, and, and to be able to be okay with complexity, yeah. that maybe some people didn't agree you were very good at your job, other people thought you were, complexity is hard for people. Um, what do you imagine has to happen in the workplace to solve these issues? Because women, very high-ranking women, when they would read our, our stories, and they almost read it like it was a soap opera, which I was fascinating. Um, everyone, like Sue Decker, wrote a, a fascinating piece. I know that. Other people in high-ranking positions, I know that. I know those microaggressions that women get. If they say something, um, if they say something to a microaggression, they're a bitch. If, but they do, um, excuse me for saying that word, but that's what you get. Um, over time, it, it, it collects. What do you, why do you imagine the differences of opinion? Because it's, it's sort of the same set of facts in some way. Because sometimes the microaggressions are, it's complex. Mm -hmm. It's like there's one thing that you're not invited to. Is that such a terrible thing? But when it adds up and it's like, oh, but you were talked over. But, oh, sometimes people talk over other people and it just happens. But it's this constant thing that happens to you and it happens to other women and it happens to minorities or it happens to people who are different. It adds up. And over time, there comes a point where people realize, a lot of people realize that it is not an even playing field and it's not a fair environment. And I think that's what resonated. Like they saw all of these little pieces of my story that matched up to experience they had had or experience they had seen. Um, I didn't see as much of the um, bifurcation by gender. I saw, I had a lot of men come up to me too. Um, an angel investor said, you know, my mom got moved into a broom closet when she got promoted. And like that part resonated with him. There were different pieces of the story that were very real to people because of their personal experiences or their moms or their wives or their sisters. Mm -hmm. 
And what do you imagine can happen to solve it? Because I think one of the things that happens, I mean, I understand we're talking about the mansplaining. You're talking about mansplaining, for example. Um, and we do see that. I mean, I just, I, my, personally, Megan got mansplained by Eric Schmidt in front of thousands of people, okay. um, which was riveting to see. Um, now, he does talk over a lot of people. He does, and he's done that before, but it was really fascinating to see that, 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 that happen. What has to occur? Because in a lot of cases, I think men do have a, they want, I mean, especially in your trial, John Doerr seemed to want to fix the situation. He really was, seemed committed to it. I've talked to him about it. Um, they have more women uh, partners at Kleiner Perkins than other places. Believe me, everyone else. I mean, the bar is so low, but the fact of the matter is they do. Um, what has to happen? Because you, you had commitment there, or at least talking about commitment and actual you know, results. What, what, is the, what has to change in the thing? Does the people just have to wake up and realize this? Because I think it's, not, it's a very difficult situation to figure out how to fix it. It is hard. I, I see the Eric Schmidt example. I think six months ago, people probably wouldn't have said anything. And they would have let him talk all over Megan, and nobody would have said anything, and it would have been like the end of conference, everything's fine. So people now speaking up, calling attention to it, I'm sure he didn't do it on purpose. It was just, you know, he wasn't out there saying, I'm going to talk over this woman today because I don't want to hear what she has to say. He was just doing what he does. And now he's more aware of the things that he does um, that he, he's probably going to try to change. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't aspire to be the guy who talks over women. He aspires probably to be somebody who treats people fairly. So, but what has to happen? What, is it conversation? Is it, I mean, do you imagine things going backwards or that people will, because we wrote about this, this idea is if you won, VC firms would not hire women. That was one thing. Another well-known investor came up to you and said, you know what we should have? Women VC firms and men VC firms. Like, it's sports teams. And this was serious. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm sorry. I was, and they were like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, it's not like intercollegiate sports. And frankly, I think that should be a little bit more integrated too. But what do you imagine? Like, where's the solution to this? It's hard. If I knew, I would be telling you. Okay. I think it's partly calling, calling attention to it. So these little things, these little microaggressions, getting people to be more aware of the things that they're doing. Um, people having conversations and just thinking about it. I had um, a VC tell me they're changing the rules for you know what they look for in candidates because they've realized that their current requirements are giving them a pool of almost all men. Um, I spoke to somebody last weekend who is a private equity investor. He runs his own firm and he's like, I see this as a huge opportunity. I'm going to find more women CEOs because people aren't investing in it and I know that I'm going to have a huge advantage. So by calling attention to this issue, by having these conversations, by um, showing the data that shows that diversity of opinion and diversity of teams is helpful, that's all driving certain people in the right direction. It's not going to get everybody, but you know, it's progress. Do you do you think that that it's better now? Is it is it a, is it an era of people? I mean, every I mean, things have changed around gay marriage, and they've changed around all kinds of social issues. Is is it is it an age thing? What do you, where do you see the problem? Or is it just a pipeline issue, a simple pipeline issue? Oh, God, I hate the pipeline issue. Pipeline issue. Why do you hate the pipeline issue? Because it's like, oh, well, I can't do anything. It's a pipeline. I've got to wait till we get 50% women coming out of these schools studying right. computer science. So I'm, you know, I'm doing my best, and it's a pipeline issue. It's out of my hands. It's right. a much bigger issue. It's like the leaky pipeline. It's not treating people fairly when they come in and they get there. It's not making it a fair playing field. It's not giving people opportunities. It's not giving people the recognition when they do succeed. There's a whole slew of things that people can do to make it more fair and to give people an even playing field. And when you talk about 
a pipeline, it's an excuse not to do anything. What about the word unconscious bias? I hate that word. You know I'm, like, I'm on a, a, a war against it. I didn't I think know that. There's a word unconscious bias. I didn't mean to be biased. I didn't mean to do it. It's sort of, to me, it's, it's an excuse for laziness that I didn't see that there are 10 white men sitting across from me in my boardroom. I don't know how that happened. But they um, don't. They don't see it. <laughs> they really don't. And it's, it's like by but calling you, attention. Really, it's my kids. Work. I didn't see that shirt on the floor, Mom. I didn't see it. I don't know what, how it got there, and it's a disgusting mess. I don't know what But happened. if you call attention to it enough times, they'll start seeing no, it. No, not my kids, but, um, but, but it, it, they don't. They, people actually don't. Yeah. I think it's um, something that, it's just the way it is. I, you know, I, I was talking to somebody on the way up, and just, she's like, you know, in every meeting, I'm with all men. It's all, all the time, and you know, sometimes she doesn't even notice anymore. And that's when you come up and you're just surrounded in the same environment all the time. Um, you get used to it, and, and it becomes less of an awareness thing. And right now, I think what's happening is people are calling attention to it and saying, you know, this status quo is not comfortable for most people, and you should now be aware. When you're in a room with 10 white men, that doesn't make sense. And now instead of leaving it, that shirt on the ground, you should pick it up and put it away. So you, um, do you think you've suffered professionally for doing this? Because you know, if you're right, you, whatever side you're on, um, you lost this case financially, big case for you. Have you lost something? And so do people treat you differently? It's a mix. It's definitely, um, I had a hard time getting a job. troublesome Ellen Powell. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm not that likable. So that's out there, right? right? I'm not likable and I'm a poor performer. So that, it was hard for me to get a job. And I was very lucky that Yushan um, Wong took a chance on me, his board took a chance on me at that time and um, put me in. And then they you know, had me come in as interim CEO. That's been a huge help to me. There were people who wouldn't talk to me. There were people who were nervous to be seen with me. There were, you know, it was not a good time when I sued. And mm -hmm. it's something, I would not recommend for other people mm -hmm. because it is very difficult. You have to have a lot of conviction that you are right. You have to have a lot of conviction that your story is meaningful and you have to have the toughness to weather through the personal attacks and the, you know, and people judging you. Is there any part of it that you think when you when you reflect on it that you might have been wrong? I would love to say, oh, there's that one thing that I should have done differently, and then it would have been so easy for me. But it's not. It's like for women, it is hard. For minorities, it is hard because there are like 1,500 things that you have to do differently, and you have to thread that needle perfectly. Yeah. And you know, so I wish it were just one thing, and I could say, then everybody else, you just avoid doing this one thing, and you're going to be successful. But it's not that easy, unfortunately. Um, the last part on this, I want to talk about because I do want to get to Reddit because that's another you're running Reddit. You're still interim. CEO. Why, do, why don't you have the CEO job, by the way? Well, we said we do it for a year and see what happens. Okay. Um, when you're thinking about diversity, it's not just women. It's minorities. One of the things that did strike me during the trial was descriptions of you as being difficult, inscrutable. There was a word inscrutable that was used, which is used for Asians. You know what I mean? It was really interesting to watch it. And I thought I was the only one, and I think maybe I was, perhaps, but I kept noticing there were all kinds of words. Again, I think Silicon Valley tries really hard to think of itself as a tolerant place, as a meritocracy, yeah. and yet the same results happen. Do you think of Silicon Valley as a tolerant place? 
I think Silicon Valley wants to think of itself as, an, as a tolerant place. It aspires to be this place where it's a true meritocracy and people who work hard can succeed and look at all these people who came from nothing and were very successful, but it's not an even um, track to that success. Mm -hmm. And a meritocracy, is that just a thing that people here tell themselves in order to feel better? Or yeah. I made it because I was, do you think it is one? Or, or no, I don't. When you look, it's only 6% women in VC firms. You look at um, the level of, of funding for um, women-led startups. You look at women CEOs who get pushed out of their roles and replaced. Uh, it just doesn't seem like that could possibly be the case. And in the case of minorities? Yeah, the same thing. It's, um, it's hard to find like a lot of minorities at the executive level. It just doesn't happen very often. And how do you, um, when we're talking about the pipeline issue, I want to end on this part. You don't like the pipeline excuse. There is a pipeline problem still. Yep. Where is the fix? Because I like to, you know, one of the things that's from this, people all have stories. They have negative stories. Everyone's got something. Different people don't agree with you. There's a lot of people that don't agree with you. This woman was not a good performer. That was it. It was that. That's easy. That's like then it's a fix. Like right. there's no problem. So what forward. is this? If you could name three things that had to happen to make, what would be the three things you would fix at the at a company? You're running a company now. Yeah. What would you do besides awareness? I pay attention a lot. I mean, I, we were talking about diversity. We're very uh, diverse in women and men. Yep. We have uh, a lot of uh, different, uh, uh, we're diverse in lots of ways. We do not have enough um, racial diversity. We have all kinds of um, gays, transgenders, everything else. We're good on that. We're good on that thing. But we, um, but we, we do not have enough racial diversity. And I, as I started to think about it last night, because Evan didn't have the best answer to that, how do I do that? I do spend a lot of time looking. We do spend a lot of time in this conference doing that. It's not easy, but we, we, we actually are cognizant of it. What, give, give me three things that need to happen. I wish I had three things. I wish I could tell you A, B, and C, and then you can solve the problem. We are experimenting at Reddit. So we are trying to make diversity something that everybody thinks about and that they value. It's something that brings different ideas to the table. It brings different people to the table, and it gives you the best workforce and the best um, environment to succeed. Um, so it's you know, having everybody thinking about it so it's not like that one person's job and everybody else can go and do their business. So the diversity officer. Right. Which is great. It's better than nothing. But when it's like, oh, let's let the diversity officer take care of it, it's that one person who's kind of saddled with this gigantic, difficult problem. Um, you know, we're trying to level the playing field by providing some transparency and providing a much... Uh, better environment for people to negotiate for their salaries, to look Explain at how that. people are Explain performing. Explain what you're doing around the salaries. So we're testing out um, a no negotiation policy, where for new candidates who are um, applying to Reddit, we don't negotiate salary. We've done a ton of research. We've pulled information from our VC firms. We've pulled information from the marketplace to come up with what is market comp for these different roles. We've got different levels based on experience and skills, and we've got different salary bands for them. And when somebody comes in, we figure out what role they're applying for and what band they're in, and we give them what we think is a fair salary in that band. We're not looking to give people the lowest salary they're they'll take that we can get them at. We're looking to provide them with what fair salaries for folks are in the market. And that helps them because it's, um, 
It's known that women are like one quarter as likely as men to negotiate for pay and salary. And when they do, they're often penalized for it. Like, how dare you ask for more than we're offering you? You should be happy with what we're willing to give you. So instead of having that whole unpleasant interaction where you're really at odds with the person that you're trying to bring in, we're just going to go and say, this is what we think market rate is. This is what we think is fair. If you want some more cash, we can give you more cash. We'll take away some equity. If you want more equity, we'll take away some cash and we'll give you some more equity. So it's a, it takes a lot of that tension out of the process. We've had people apply to Reddit just because of that policy. It's like, you know, a lot of people are just like, I hate negotiating, I always feel uncomfortable, I never know if I got the fair amount, and this eliminates that discussion. And you think that, that people, is negotiation a bad thing then, to be able to do that? It creates, meaning that men are better. I, I know the feeling, I had a man who I was trying to fire, ask for a raise, um, which was fascinating in some way. Yeah. Um, it was really, it was like, I'm telling you, I hate you. Um, please ask for more money. Um, and they say you're not likable. I know. <laughs> well, I'm not. Um, but you know, it's worked for me, Ellen, much better than you. Um, so um, I'm trying. I know. I know. I know. I know. You could be a reporter. Um, so, so, so non-negotiable salary because men do negotiate stronger and they get generally. Better. There generally. are some women who are very good. Right. Yes. And, um, yeah. But we've also found that, like, when they were negotiating with the with the potential managers, some of our managers were not good negotiators. So there'd be this skewed set of salaries, and now we're, you know, we're just trying to clean it all what up. What else? Give me one more thing. Um, just bringing, like, when we look for hiring, we try to build a candidate pool that is diverse. So it forces, and I did this when I was a VC too, it, I'm not looking to bring in only a certain type of person, but I would like to see a candidate pool that has different types of people. It forces people to be more creative about what they're looking for in candidates, where they find the candidates, and we found a lot of people who are really good who might not have fit the role, but you know, one uh, woman came into Kleiner as an EIR. Um, she was part of a CEO search, and she didn't quite fit the role, and she was a great EIR. So kind of looking outside of what your standard you know, places to find people are. Okay, so let's talk about Reddit. Sure. Much problems on the Reddit with the discussion, the community. Little bit, you know, people might say you're hypocritical. You run a community that has a lot of misogyny on it, a lot of difficulty. Now you, what, I went on it the other night and I really had to bathe after in parts of it. Other parts are fascinating, you know, other parts are fascinating. But the, you know, the celebrity naked photos, those were not your fault, that you were not the CEO at the time, but it was a sort of a tolerance for that, that kind of thing. So is that a tolerance for that because you're building a community or do you need to take responsibility, Ellen Powell, you're the CEO of this place, for a site that does, that happens there in, in quite amount, in a lot of amount. So Reddit is the internet. And it has people from all over the world. It has people from all over the country. We have 170 million um, monthly uniques. And some of them have things that, to say that we don't agree with. And for us, we've always Let me be been. Clear. Some of them have things to say that are vile and misogynist. So let's, you know, it's not, it's not we don't like. It's really not, shouldn't. I don't know what to say because you're saying First Amendment. I get that. But at the same time, you have a company that allows that to happen. Do you have a responsibility? Maybe you don't think you do. We have a responsibility to, um, to promote the values that we have as a company, as employees, and as a site. So we spent a lot of time thinking about it after the naked celebrity photos. It was something that none of us felt very comfortable with. Um, overall, we've decided like we don't want to be a site where 
people put stolen pictures. It doesn't feel good to us. It's not what we want to come to work to do every day. And we really sat down and thought about like, what are our values? What do we want for the site? We also don't want to be a site that censors content. Um, we want to be a site where people are able to express their ideas, um, but they have to feel comfortable doing that. And we also have That's had- kind of an Occam's razor there. Like, what are you going to do? It's hard. Yeah. yeah. So we're trying to push the line and see where we can get more people on board and prevent people from um, feeling like they're not able to say what they want to say. So it's a, it, is, it is a very, another um, difficult problem, but um, we've always had this strong commitment to privacy and to safety. And part of the benefit of anonymity is the safety to express your ideas. And if we become a site where people are not comfortable expressing ideas because they think they're going to be attacked by other users, they think they're going to be attacked in real life, that doesn't fit with what we believe in as a platform. And uh, we're pushing you know, to create an environment where as many people are comfortable sharing their ideas and if there's a set of people who really just want to push other people out, who don't want to hear other ideas, um, they don't belong on our site. But what about dealing with some of the, the more the, the edgier stuff that, are, that is, I'm being nice about edgier, yeah. just simply vile is what it is. Um, we have, are making changes. So we've, um, in earlier this year, we implemented a policy where we said we, don't, we really don't want to have stolen naked pictures on our site. So if you've um, had, an experience where there are naked pictures I don't that were stolen that weren't you know the revenge porn or whatever you want to call it uh, we will take it down we'll take the links down and we will um, make sure that it it is not part of the content that we are excited to share on our site because we are not about stolen naked pictures and that was the first step in that is a good corporate motto we are not about stolen we're, naked it's one of the things we are, although not. there's a whole business you could say we're about stolen naked photos oh, a lot of business have done well yeah um, we that's not us that's not what we want to be and. Um, and that was a first step in kind of taking more responsibility for what what happens on our site. We've always talked about being this platform for free, freedom of speech and free ideas and for protecting people's privacy. And now we have to own up to some of the behavior on our site and make sure that you know we really do have a site where people are where everybody feels comfortable sharing their ideas. Okay, I'm going to ask one more question. What is the thing you think is most misunderstood about you? And I'm not like, you know, if you were a tree, what tree would you be? But what, um, what do you think has come through that isn't like you? Because it's, you're a complicated person, just like a lot of people are. So I would say that's the most, most untruth thing that's out there about me. That I'm actually not that complicated. Okay. I, like I was um, raised in New Jersey in a small town. I went to public school and I was taught to work hard and do a good job. And for me, it meant um, you know, kind of believing in the meritocracy and just working really hard. And when I saw that it wasn't actually the case, I felt like I had to speak up. Do you think you have a long career in Silicon Valley in tech? I hope so. I don't know. Maybe you can tell me. I will. <laughs> anyway, um, questions for Ellen, please. Questions, questions. Joanne Bradford. Hello. Okay. Um, I was just curious on the monetization front. You've made some changes like recently um, to your ad products and your offering. Can you just share a little bit about that and what your pitch is to sell Reddit to advertisers? Yes, I was going to ask that. Thank you, Joanne. The Thank money you. lady. Go ahead. Yeah, we are more focused now on advertising and on gold. We. Um, are no longer looking at building an e-commerce site today. We want to focus on getting our site um, moving forward. And we just brought on board 
um, this awesome guy from Google, uh, Zubair Jindali, who is uh, focused on mobile ads. So we're looking at native ads on mobile. We're shipping um, mobile products and excited to be able to test out different ways of getting more Reddit-like experiences into the advertising on our site. Do you, you know, earlier from BuzzFeed, they take a lot of your, you had sort of a half-hearted effort to get them to stop, take, everyone to stop taking your content and using it on media sites. Do you ever imagine being a content company? We are actually a content company today. But so, using that content. Yeah, so um, Alexis Ohanian, the co-founder, has come back to help us do that. And he is taking some of the best content out of Reddit and you know, kind of packaging it up in a way that is um, more curated, more edited, easier to digest. And he's got um, an awesome podcast. He's got this, an awesome video effort. And that you know, you'll see some of the products of that coming out soon, and you know, and we did this uh, AMA app where it's you know more digestible, more packaged, and easier to um, for people to. Do you consume. mind media sites taking your stuff? We have this awesome um, content embed product, so we would love for them to use that. Uh, but it's great for people to be able to have their um, conversations out in, in the broader public. We prefer for them to. Um, give us credit and to give the user who created the content credit and that's been one of the things that has been Bothersome about some of the stuff that's been going out there, but it's awesome Like we have these great conversations. We have this great content and we'd love for more people to see it. Great. Um, hey Carrot um, and Alan just one more question on that uh, Ben Smith talked about the problem the editorial and advertising differences with native How will you deal with that in your environment? We have a pretty strong line between um, between uh, our content and our advertising, and we have um, probably been more on the um, restrictive side. We we make everything very clearly noted, and we would, you know, our content comes from our users. There are some people who try to spam with content inside the. Um, the organic content space, and we try to get rid of that. We're going to hold on to that line. Great. Wenda? Uh, Wenda Millard from MediaLink. We talked um, a lot about what responsibilities companies have um, to build the appropriate uh, pipeline and create the environment where everyone can succeed. But what advice would you have, uh, particularly for younger women and minorities, on the responsibility that they have um, that will prevent them from experiencing some of the things that you and many others have? I, it's hard, like when I hear you say, like, oh, they have extra responsibility. I think it's, you know, be aware of where you're going into. Try to think about the environment that you're joining and set yourself up to succeed by finding an environment, hopefully, that's um, more open to, uh, to folks um, than other environments. But it's hard because you'll get opportunities and somebody has to be the first. So it really depends on what you want to do, but go into it aware of what you're doing and um, knowing. Hi, Ellen. So you didn't file the suit intending to become a symbol. This was never your intent. But for better or for worse, you did become a symbol, and you are a symbol. Um, my question is, is how comfortable are you with that moving forward? Would you be comfortable sort of assuming a, a more serious role in saying, OK, now I'm this person. I'm going to speak about this. I'm going to organize. I mean, I know you're busy running a big company, but how comfortable would you be moving forward in that kind of role? It's not my personality. Like, um, 
I am much more of an introvert, and so coming out and saying, like, I'm going to be the symbol, and I'm going to go take everybody to you know, this great place, and I've got like, these three steps that you should do, it is a complicated issue, and I'm not one to kind of dumb things down and make it really um, you know, kind of packaged in a simple way. So it's like, I think going out and being successful in my job as CEO of Reddit will be hopefully helpful for other people. And then maybe after that, I'll have something to talk about. But right now, it's you know, like I'm going to do my job and hopefully do really well at it. You going to write a book? I don't know. Okay. I, like if I had time, I would, because I think I have some things that I want to share. But like I, I just don't know when I would have time to do that. Hi, Last question. Uh, do you think that the chatter and the media coverage around your husband's financial and legal dealings was fair, or do you think it's uh, more evidence of the sexism in our industry? I think it was really unfair. I think it was um, something that was intentional by, on the part of some people, and uh, it is not something that you would see come up with other people. So, yeah, I did not like that at all. Thank you. Thanks. Thank Helen, you. Helen, thank you so much.